Oh, hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to Trish the Dish, Trish the Dish Thursdays. Um, of course, you know, I can't, I'm always excited for Thursdays to come, um, to get to talk to you guys again. As always, I would like to give a major shout out to Elva Bear Clothing. As always, you can find her on Instagram at Elva Bear One. Also, I would like to give a shout out to King underscore credit on Instagram. You can find them. It is a young girl by the name of Mecca King. She is doing her thing. Um, she started her own credit repair, um, helping every helping people she knew at first to repair their credit, and now she has her own business called King Credit. So if you get a chance, please go on King underscore um, credit on Instagram, and she can help you with repairing some credit. Um, today's episode, we are on episode five. This episode will be called Love, Life, and Loss. So I hope everyone gets and enjoy listening, and let's jump straight into. So this episode, as I said, is called. Um, did I say love life? I meant life, um, life and loss. Life and loss. I don't know what I'm saying. Life, live, loss. I don't know. Life and loss. And um, this one, as everyone knows, October is Pregnancy Awareness Month. Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month, meaning um, stillbirths, um, topic pregnancies, miscarriages, things like that. Um, and that's what this month is. And I just wanted to talk about it because I actually... Uh, this month, I had experienced losing my own child, which would have been my first um, child ever. Um, I have no kids, so that would have been my first baby. Um, I ended up losing my baby to a topic pregnancy back in 2016. And I don't think that, that this subject is talked about enough. I think that, you know, most people want you to be silent about it. And kind of when you talk about it, no one wants to really listen and I think it needs to be talked about a little more because, you know, people don't understand the changes that occur once um, you have a miscarriage or have an atopic pregnancy or a stillbirth or have a complication period during um, pregnancy. They don't understand what goes on afterwards, like for myself, and I'm pretty sure other people. It made me kind of like a jealous person. And I didn't know it was going to make me a jealous person. As in, you know, when you hear someone else, you know, announce their pregnancy and it kind of makes you like, like, really? Like, you let them be able to have a baby or whatever and I couldn't carry my baby? <clears throat> it kind of makes you a jealous person and you don't really realize that you are being that way until it happens. Um... For me, I remember finding out that I was pregnant by my then boyfriend at the time. I remember finding out in the bathroom by myself that we were expecting, which would have been my first child, his second, um, our first together, and being so happy and so excited and <clears throat> everything. And then coming out the bathroom to tell him, and he was excited, he was happy, and everything was good. Everything was great. 
And we were just going about our little lives, happy to be able to bring another life into this world. And I remember being so excited. It was my first baby. I announced it. Like, immediately, I probably was like four or five weeks, not even that, probably. Yeah, probably was about, no, five, five weeks when I found out because I was really trying um, to have a baby. So I was, you know, tracking and recording. So I knew, you know, the moment that it happened, I was like, this is it. Like that period missed. And I was like, yes, this is it. And having that joy. And then, um, Finding out like a couple of days later, going to the bathroom and sorry for the TMI, going to the bathroom and having the blood be there and me being new and I'm like freaking out. So I call my mom and we go to the emergency and they are doing the ultrasound and running tests and they're like, you know, we you are pregnant and they need to do the ultrasound and they say, but we can't see anything on the ultrasound. And instantly my I'm just like oh man and then like you know you're still pretty early you know um we might just need to do more tests you need to come back see if your HCGs are getting higher and stuff like that now at this moment for most people in their pregnancy they're just going about their day they're like hey I'm pregnant oh my goodness and they're just waiting and when you have a complication, it goes from that kind of waiting to a different kind of waiting. And having to go to the doctors every two days to get blood drawn to see if my HD levels were going up, it was very nerve-wracking. And um, the guy I was with at the time, he was very supportive. He was there. He listened. He didn't really listen because I wasn't really complaining because I was just trying to keep... <clears throat> I was trying to keep like such a brave face and such a positive attitude. Most definitely around him, I was trying to keep su- and have such a brave face and a positive attitude. So when I would go, it would just be me and more so be him because he was there at work. Um, so I would go and I would get the blood work done. So it did. My blood work went up and they were just saying like, you know, it still wasn't enough um, for it to not be an ectopic or uh pregnancy or something something is going on so me being me you know I'm trying to fight like no 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 y'all need to see something else y'all didn't even find a baby on the ultrasound we need to see what else is going on now mind you they didn't tell me that I was supposed to like drink a lot of water or something have my bladder extended out so that it pushed my uterus up so uh, my sister actually ended up telling me and I went back for ultrasound and the guy I was with at the time, he went with me that day. He was, you know, let's let's go together. You know, he went, and I was kind of quiet and distant. Didn't really want to say anything. He was, like, off doing his thing on, I think he was, like, on the phone or something. I don't remember. But I know he was there, and my mom dropped us off, and then she left. Um, Because at the time, at the same time that this was going on, <clears throat> I had lost my job at the time, and I had lost my car at the same time. So I'm dealing with this pregnancy and then dealing with losing my job because my boss was being a a bitch. And I ended up losing my job and then I ended up losing my car. But then like all of that happening at once. So that's stress on top of more stress. So now when I go, I'm just in my own head. And then we go in there 
And I'm drinking water, drinking water, drinking water. And then they call me in the back. And I get back there and the lady puts the ultrasound thing on my belly. And I know the exact moment that she seen something. Because she just held it right in that one spot. She was just taking pictures. And I was like, oh, great. Maybe she found the baby. And, like, this is this is going to be something good. So, she's finished because they don't tell you anything for some strange reason. They need to make that different. They need to have somebody in here who tells you um, right then. And most definitely when it's a complication because you're already nervous and stressed out as it is. And then they want to, oh, I can't tell you anything because I'm not the doctor. Like, well, then the doctor need to do this or somebody else needs to do it because it's a very emotional time. And they just like, oh, I can't say anything. And they know you're already on edge. So that's like the stupidest thing ever to just have somebody in there who can't really tell you anything because your nerves are already going crazy. So <clears throat> I leave out. I'm sorry. My throat is a little raspy today. I'm trying to get sick. But I leave out and I go back out there with the him and he's asking me. And I'm like, they didn't say anything because he's worried too. And he's like, you know, I'm like, they didn't say anything. He's like, okay. So we leave out. And then I'm sitting in the lobby by myself because he's out on the phone. I don't know what talking to somebody. I don't know what he was doing, but um, my mom comes back. Did my mom pick us up or did we catch the bus? No, I think she came back. Yeah, she did. She came back and she got us and then she drops us off and he sees that I'm upset. So he's like, you know, do you want something to eat? Like, what do you want to do? And I was just like, yeah, you can give me a bacon egg and cheese sandwich or whatever from the store. It's juice. And I went back in. He walks to the store to get the food, and now I'm in there by myself, crying, or whatever, and, because then I have to wait for the doctor to get back to me, so I'm just staying in the house with myself, and then I try to get myself back together before he gets back in there with the food, because I don't want him to see me upset, because I don't want to upset him, <clears throat> not knowing he's really upset himself, so, you know, now, you know, my mom, my mom, she knew what was going on. And everybody in my family kind of knew what was going on. And you still have the people who don't know that are still asking you about the baby. And you're just, like, in your own little head. Like, uh, you know, then you have people who do know and they're wishing you the best. But and you're just, like, with people, you know, with prayers and stuff. And you're just in your own head. So finally... Um, the same day, which felt like eternity, the doctor gives me a call back and he lets me know that it is, in fact, an ectopic pregnancy and that um, they will be giving me some like injections to help um, basically dissolve the baby inside my uterus. And I was about eight weeks along, and they were, like, looking at me like I was crazy in the emergency room because I didn't have any pain. I didn't have none of the effects that you're supposed to have when you have an atopic pregnancy. I had the bleeding, but not really anything else. So they were, like, so lost on, and they thought I was going crazy, like I was trying to hold on, and I was in this extreme pain, and I was, wasn't telling them. And I'm like, nope. If I was in pain, believe you me, you would know. So, I remember um, leaving out, not leaving out, sitting down on the couch and, like, just crying, crying and bawling my eyes out because it was just such, just a, just an ultimate betraying feeling to me from God. Like, oh, my goodness, this is my first baby, and I can't even have it. 
And it was just so, just the worst time for me. I was in such a depression, like a really big depression, like losing my job, losing a car, and then I found out um, um, I done lost a baby. <clears throat> so it was a very, very, very depressing moment in time for me. And I remember going to get the first shots, and my brother, he was taking me down there, my boyfriend at the time. I don't know where he was at, but we were on the phone for some. When I got down there, I was in the emergency room. We were on the phone, and we were talking, and I don't know. He was like talking to me, and the whole time that we talking, he's like legit on the bus coming down to where I am. But he's not telling me he's doing it. He's like trying to surprise me as like for support just to make my day better because it was going pretty, pretty bad. And he's like, well, where you say you at again? And I tell him I'm like in the emergency room on 8th of Spruce. I was at Pennsylvania. He's like, all right, well, come out to the front. So I come out to the front and he's there. And it did. It made my day so much better to have him there because I needed that support. Most definitely from him. Um... Like, I wanted it for my mom, but it was, like, even better when it came from him. And he was. He was there. I have to give him that. He was there the entire time that the situation went from good to bad. He was there. And I always felt like um, afterwards when everybody was asking me, was I okay? Like, hey, Trish, how are you? How are you feeling? And I'm telling them, like, you know, I'm okay. I'm good or whatever. It was me who asked him. Was he okay? Because not only had I lost a baby, a child, he had lost a child as well. And I know men, and they don't want to be like, I don't want nobody to know I'm hurting or whatever. So I I ended up asking him, was he okay? And which he responded, um, he wished that we, the baby had made it. And he was really upset, but, you know, we could try again and not to, you know, be so upset. And I was like, yeah, yeah, we could try again, but that baby will always be there. So that, it was like a storm. It was a storm because everything that could possibly happen was just happening in that moment, in that, that time. And then I ended up having to move, like, find out I had to move out my apartment. And it was just one thing after the next, my job that I eventually got only gave me like one case. I wasn't making that much money. Um, and then I eventually had to move into like a one bedroom. I was in the studio with my boyfriend at the time. And then I ended up moving into a one bedroom and he moved back with his mom. And it was just like one thing after the next. And it was just so hard. And Afterwards, people were like still under my pictures, trying to tell me congratulations. And like finally, I believe back in October, in this in this month, actually, which is crazy because I'm doing this episode in this month, and this is the month where I kind of let everyone know that I had I was one in four, as they said, of women who had lost their babies, and yeah, I had so many people under my posts that were just so sad and just. You know, saying I they, I had their prayers and everything. And I had had a cousin. She had had um, an ectopic pregnancy and went on to have um, another child, a son. And, and then I had another cousin who had one not too long ago after me. And she had, she had all, both of them had the extreme pain. And then they had to go into 
emergency. But I never experienced it at eight weeks. They just could not believe that I had never experienced nothing near a piece of pain. No cramping, no pains, no like the bleeding, but then the bleeding stopped and nothing. And I remember the doctor saying he wanted to do a DNC on me. And I was like, no, I don't want that. And not because I was trying to keep the baby, but because I'm scared of being put under with um, operating. And that's so weird. Because people who know what my field is, what I, what I do for a living, is just crazy. That I, that's my fear. And so that's what made me say, like, no, y'all need to find a baby because this is not right. And that's how they ended up going back in and finding a baby and finding out it was a topic. Because other than that, they would have did the DNC thinking that they got the baby. And the baby would have still been in there in my tube, which would have caused and led to possibly my death. So sometimes you do have to be animate in what you think and what you feel. Because had I not, it would have probably ended up very bad for me. But um, I remember the reason why I say it made me a jealous person. And like a little bit of like hate. Um, I remember one of my very good friends um, announcing her pregnancy after that and me being so jealous um, when she announced it. And I was just so jealous and I was so mad that it wasn't me. And I congratulated her, but I was jealous, so jealous, and I was so mad. And not too long after that, um, that same friend ended up having an atopic pregnancy herself. And I felt so bad because I knew, like, I know it wasn't me being jealous that did it, but I knew somewhere down in there that jealousy was one of the causes. I ended, I apologized to my friend um, for feeling that way, and she understood. She got it, and she never felt any kind of way to me for feeling being jealousy because she knew I wasn't the cause of that situation. That's just something that's going to happen, but... Um, I felt so bad for being that jealous friend after that. And mind you, this is not like 15 years ago. This was like two to three years ago that I'm talking about. Um, right when I was going through everything and that I was going through. And that doesn't excuse excuse the jealousy. Um, but that's what losing a baby does. It also takes away the, the joy you get when you go to announce your pregnancy again. Like, you'll never really announce your pregnancy the same way you did the very first time before anything happened. Like, I know it wouldn't be just like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Let me tell everybody. No. At this time, it would more so be like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. <sighs> I hope this baby makes it. Uh, when do I tell people? When is it safe um, to tell people? Um, you have to go to the doctors earlier because of you having a top of pregnancy. So many things change when you have had a complication during pregnancy which resulted in a miscarriage and people don't realize and people don't want to talk about it but it needs to be talked about a lot because so many women are suffering in silence and when I say suffering it means like they want to talk about it but no one else wants to talk about it and um, I'm in a group down on Facebook it's called trying to conceive and it helps me out a lot. Um, the women on there have been trying to conceive for a very long time. And we find out so much about these ladies in the group. And we find out pretty much um, about their pregnancies before anybody else does. We are the first ones to see. They are sending us that pregnancy test. And I haven't really been trying um, to get pregnant. So 
for since I lost the baby until actually this month right here where I have officially started trying to conceive and put that omen in the back of my head um, that something bad is going to happen. And I want to say that I, when I get pregnant again, I want to announce it right then and there like I did the first time to not be scared, but I'm pretty sure I may or may not. I won't know till that day happens. Um, but to all the women out there who suffer with um, a, a miscarriage or anything, they had a stillborn. I did. I just had a sister-in-law who she lost her baby in, um, back in July. And I, I had the biggest sympathy for her. Um, and I hope she knows that my prayers are with her. If she ever listens to this podcast, uh, my prayers are with you. She know who she is. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to let her business out because it's not my place to tell. But in the good news on side of that, she announced to me the other day that she's expecting. And I know that took a lot in her to say that. And people don't get when someone is very scared of saying that they're pregnant. And she announced it to me. And I'm just so happy and proud for her. So um, if she is listening, congratulations. And I love you. And I'm, I can't wait to meet my niece and nephew when you have them. Because I wish you nothing but baby dust to you. And this is her rainbow baby. Um, I'm hoping to conceive my rainbow baby of 2020. Um, maybe this year, let's go, because I am trying to conceive. So if you listening, send me out some baby dust and baby glue. Um, baby dust is to keep the baby baby glue so that the baby stays in there. Nothing happens. I learned those in my trying to conceive group. Um, but that brings me to the end of this podcast. And I hope anyone that's listening that has lost a baby, um, had any complications or women who have given birth period i wish everyone baby dust i wish everyone nothing but healthy pregnancies and healthy deliveries and may we continue to have these babies and be healthy moms and awesome moms so until um next week i know i normally do a little music i don't really want to do it after this one so just um tune in every thursday to trish the dish Thursday's dishing on everything. This week was dishing on life and loss. So I hope that everyone enjoyed this. And if you get a chance, please subscribe to um, my YouTube channel. Also, give it a like on whichever platform you're listening to. As I said, I'm on SoundCloud. I am now on Spotify. I'm on Anchor, which is actually... Anchor is my... um, hosting station they are for free if you are looking to start a podcast and you don't want to pay anchor is by far the best you can easily download it right on your phone you can record from your phone you can edit from your phone you can add sound effects and music from anchor it's the anchor app um you probably will hear this the this right before this plays because i'm you know, I'm really big on Anchor. They help me out so much. They really help my podcast out a lot with um, hosting my podcast and putting it out on these platforms. So, again, until next Thursday, we will continue to dish and wish. <laughs> that was funny. Um, and, again, you guys enjoy. And see you next Thursday.